Now let's just um, let's pray. It's like Joseph said, we want the Lord to speak with us tonight, don't we? Amen. I know it's hot. I'm only going to keep you for a few hours, so it won't be too bad. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we're able to be in this place tonight, my God. And Lord, we thank you that we're able to come around your word and we pray that the Holy Spirit, my Lord, will teach us your word, Lord. They'll challenge us, my God. They'll draw us close to you, my Lord Jesus. They, Lord, don't let us go out of here just hearing another word and doing nothing about it, Lord, but let your word take effect in our lives. And with the goal of you being glorified, my Lord Jesus, in the name of you lifted on I, in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Right, so Matthew 15 and verse 21. It says, Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And at that very hour, a daughter was healed. Praise the Lord. You know, I think, you know, Jesus is always interested in the person. I know when we come to church, sometimes it can feel like we're lost in the crowd. There's so many in, you might think, if I weren't here, would anyone not notice? But Jesus notices. So he's always focused on the, the one in the crowd. He always notices. And this woman who's come to him, now it says she's come to him and cried out, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, Jesus here, he says after that, he says he never even answered her, not a word. Which, if you might find weird, because he didn't even acknowledge it. You see, because what Jesus is going to do, is going to deal with this woman. You see, because our own thought would be, I suppose, I'd be the same. I'd be keeping on to him. My daughter's demon-possessed. He's the Lord. But he's, he ain't bothered with that. You see, he's, he's going to get her right first. Before he sorts her daughter out, he's going to sort her out, her relationship with him out first. You see, because the Lord knows. The Lord knows what she wants. And let's be honest, Jesus casting that demon out, it's just the same as him healing you if you've got an headache. Or if someone's got an operation or anything. See, we, we tend to look at it like there's all different stages what, what's more harder for God to do. There's nothing hard for God to do. He could do anything. Do you know what I mean? It ain't hard for him. But when you re- we read in Mark chapter 5, reading Mark 5, when the storm came on the, on the sea, and he says, Jesus was asleep at the bottom of the boat, and it, they rushed down and said, Lord, don't you care that we're perishing? It says he got up and he spoke to the storm with the wind and the waves and said, be muzzled. He was speaking to what was causing it. It's nothing for the Lord to, 
to get rid of the, the demons or the devil or whatever. Do you know that demons can only do what God allows them to do to you? You know that, don't you? They, they, they can't do what they want. They've got to get permission. You see, Jesus is getting our focus away from that. Our focus is never to be on the devil and his demons. Our focus is always Jesus Christ. Right? Jesus is more powerful. He can do anything. And he can squash him like an ant. It's nothing for the Lord to do that. And the trouble is, what the enemy's got to do is like he done with them disciples in that boat. Right, what I do, I'll get him looking at the storm and take the rise of him who's in the boat with them. And so many Christians that the enemy's got their minds and things focused all out there and they're not focused on him. Our focus is always to be Jesus Christ. He saved us. Do you know the two storms that were on the Sea of Galilee? They had the one where he said, be muzzled to the storm. And then he walked on the water and Peter got out. You know when he set out at the start of that, he said to the disciples, get in the boat because we've got to go over to the other side of the lake. Did the disciples make it to the other side? Both times? Well, it's good news for us then because he's told us that we're going to make it. And it ain't on our strength. Believe me, it ain't on my strength. It's on God. It's on Jesus. That's why focus is upon him. I'll walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Who's your focus on tonight? Who are you focusing on? Is it the situation you're in? Or is it Jesus Christ? Where are we looking at? Because where we're looking, it really, that's, that's the way what your situation's going to go. If we're just focusing on what the enemy's doing, and the torment and whatever's happening, you're just going to get further and further that way. But if we go towards the light, which is Jesus Christ, and focus on him and go, Lord, I know this is happening, but I know you've overcome him at the cross. And that I've got victory in you, Lord. Then it's a different ball game, isn't it? You see, and this is what Jesus said. It was like, he's not even, he is bothered, but it's like, he's not bothered about it. Because he said he can just heal like that. It's nothing to the Lord. And whatever, anything you're going through tonight, don't think it's too hard for the Lord to deal with. It's not. The Lord can deal with anything. Do you know what he asks from us? Faith. Believing. As he said, hard to do. Isn't it? But, who was concerned about her? And he answered her, not a word. Now think... The silence of God, when God's silent, I think that's the hardest thing to deal with, isn't it? Well, for me, have you ever prayed and thought, I'm just saying it, no one can hear me. It's like you're on your own. It's like I'm praying, I'm praying talking to the Lord, and it's like, I wouldn't know if the presence of the Lord is with me or not. But the Lord's using this silence to draw her to him. Because she's, all she's done is come there, called him the son of David, which... Being a Phoenician woman, a Canaanite, she never had the right to do because that was a Jewish title. What's she done? She come with the religious talk and thought, right, I took all this religious talk and he didn't answer me prayers. Yet, see, and what Jesus is going to do, right, what I'll do, we'll stop you there 
and I'm going to make you be real with me. That's what Jesus wants to do with us. Because we can come to the Lord with all fancy prayers. I've heard some prayers. I thought I never knew people knew such words. What they use. Like proper eloquent talking and things like that. I thought, God. And they've never been to school in their life and they find all these words out. But it ain't about all these big titles and that. When we read the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, it's the model prayer, but what's the first line of it? Right. So what we do is our Father who is in heaven. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Does anyone know what the Hebrew word is for Father? It's a, that's it, 70s pop band. It's like Abba, right? Abba. Right, so, but, but when you go back to the Hebrew thing of that, do you know what Abba means? See, Father can still think something of like authority and something above you, but do you know what the word Abba means? Dad. Daddy. That's what it means. When you go to Rome, when they use that word, it's Papa. Dad. It's like, it's a loving form of it, isn't it? That's what he's doing. See, Jesus is getting it from all this religious talk. And he's saying, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to get to the me and you. See, and the trouble is, we think we, we come with all this religious stuff after time. But God says, look, I'm your dad. You're my child. I'm your dad. How do you talk to your dad's mums or dads in here? It's a lot different speak, isn't it? But we're meant to be that familiar with God that we can talk to him like it. And the thing is, it's not like blasphemy to do it. If he said, look, that's what I am to you, you're my child and I'm your dad, we can talk to him. I can talk to my dad about things, just sit there and have a chat, what's going on, son? What's happening with you? Things like that. And I can tell him all my problems and things. Because he's my dad. And he's got a concern there. And God's got a concern for you. We should be able just to sit down and just talk to God about the things we've got going on. Because he's concerned for you. And he loves you. And he's your dad. And it seems weird saying it about God. But if that's what God says he is, that's what he is. Because dad didn't, it's like sort of, there's a love there, isn't there? When you say that word, it's, there's a love there. And that's what, he, that's what it boils down to. I think one John says that God lavishes his love upon us. Now he throws his love and keeps on throwing it upon us. Because that's the relationship what we're in. It's not a legalistic, we've got to come with the right formula. Right, I've got to pray like so-and-so prays. No. I could sit, sit in my motor at work and pray. I could be plastering a ceiling and talk to the Lord. You can talk to the Lord anywhere. It ain't just a format. We, wisdom. We're not a legalistic religion. We're free in Jesus Christ. And we can talk to him whenever we want. We've just got to get to that position where we're comfortable of talking to God as a child talks to their parent. Not in a legalistic manner. You see... Silence ain't always a rebuke, is it? See, the silence that Jesus is showing this woman here, what this is, is that I'm going to draw you in. Because look, she's asked for a child to be delivered. He knows she's not going away. But he wants her to be real with him. So he's answering her nothing. And look, you can tell, because 
the disciples say, send her away because she cries after us. What they're saying is, sort her out, Lord. She's getting on our nerves. She's coming after us. Please. She keeps on. Ill the girl and let her go away. That's what they're saying. Which Jesus saying, listen, I understand how they feel because has anyone ever got on your nerves? And you ever thought, oh, please, shut up. You ever thought you ever had it? You know, listen, yeah, that praise the Lord. One man is in telling the truth with you. One person. You better not be saying that about Liza, Billy. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but, listen, they're getting on the nerves. So how is this woman going on? And I think if I was in the same position, I'd be crying out to the Lord as well. It's me child. But he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Which at the start of the gospel, when you read through Matthew, it's always go to the house of Israel first, even when they preach the gospel afterwards. To the Jew first, then the Greek. It wasn't until... Really now, this is a turning point of the gospel. Now he's focusing on the cross and you get the first mention of the church in the next chapter. But he says, I weren't sent for them. And this is where it changes. This is how she changes. And you notice in here. First it was, have mercy on me, son of David. Now this is what she said. Read verse 25. It says, then she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. Well, there's a difference. Now it's got to the nitty gritty, isn't it? She's come, first of all, she's come asking for a request, and now she's come worshipping and telling the Lord, What was that? I need your help, Lord. And that's where the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to be real with Him. So He's always, he's always concerned, even when we're praying on others' behalf, He's still concerned about me and you. Because I've prayed for people. And I've been, I ain't been in a good state myself. I've talked to the Lord, prayed on other people's behalf, sitting with the Lord in prayer. And in my own heart, I'm thinking, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm a wreck sometimes. But the Lord's concerned. And this is where he wants to bring us. He wants to bring everyone into this place to just saying, Lord, help me. Forget the religious talk. It's just, let's be real. It's just me and you, he's saying. And that's what she said, Lord, help me. And she worshipped him because prayer's worship, isn't it? When you're spending time with the Lord, prayer's worship. And ain't it funny? She's humbled herself now. She's real, she must have come to the realisation that I've, something's going on here. So she's kept, he's ignoring me. Right, I've got to try a different thing now. And she's just come and said, look, this is the truth about it. I need you to help. And it's simple as that. You see, I think, I don't know, sometimes if he's pride with us, that we feel vulnerable. If we talk to the Lord and say, just simply, just say, Lord, help me, and frighten the cry before the Lord. Because there's no shame in crying. Listen, you, I know that, listen, I was brought up, you don't cry. You get up and you get on with it. Right, it's just the way things was. I don't know if other people were brought up like that. But since I've been a Christian, the Lord's changed that. Because the Lord's brought me to situations in my life 
where there's nothing I could do but cry unto the Lord. And there's no shame in that. Because it's being real with the Lord, isn't it? What good's pride? When things are happening in your heart and you're so, we're so prideful sometimes that we can't fully give something over to God. We say we give it over, but we're still trying to sort it out ourselves. That's pride, isn't it? we just got to be able just to let go and go, Lord, I've got no power here over this situation. Help me. That's all we've got to say. And he does help. And you're proof in here today that he helps. Some of you have been here for years. He helps, doesn't he? Don't, be, don't ever be ashamed to cry out before the Lord. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in going and crying with your brother and sister if they're going through something. There's no shame. Listen, if someone comes up to me and goes, look at the big dim low crying his eyes out with them about the Lord, I don't care. It don't bother me. No. Things like that used to bother me. But when Jesus Christ transforms you, when he comes in your life and he transforms your heart and he gives you a love for others, you know all that silly chat about making fun of you doesn't matter one bit because you're concerned about who he's concerned with. That's what matters. And he said that, she's saying, Lord, help me, but he's still, he's still bringing her, humbling her, isn't he? Because he still ain't gone, yeah, I'm going to do it now. What's he said? He says, verse 26, he answered, and he says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, he's not calling the woman a dog, right? It's in the language, in the Greek there, the words where we get the word for puppy, a pet, a pet puppy, that's what he's saying. You had two types of words for dogs there. You had one's what the Jews used to call the, the Gentiles, which were scavengers, which never had owner, just scavenged around the street. But Jesus was calling them like the ones, the pets, like the puppies that are under the table. It's still a softly way of talking to the woman. And then this is where, this is where it changed for her. So she's got low, and it's got lower again. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. You see, and that was it. She's come asking. She said, Lord, help me, and started worshipping him. And what did that do? He questioned her. Then she produced the faith that she knew the Lord could deal with it. The Lord's brought her on a big thing. He could have just healed her straight away. Healed the girl straight away. But what good would it have done that woman? He went, no, I'm going to bring you all around this way. I'm going to get you to a place of worship, a place you can get real with me. And now, I'm going, now we're bringing you to a place of faith. Because that's what it was. She knew he went out to go to the house of Israel. But what is it? The little crumbs. The faith as a mustard seed. The little, like I looked at it, when I read that, I thought, well, oh, it's only a little bit of faith. But when I read the next verse, Jesus corrected me. Because he said, verse 28, Then Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. It was great faith that she had. And what was the great faith? Yeah, you are to the house of Israel, Lord. But you're that graceful and merciful that whatever they don't take, you can use in my life. That was great faith. Remember, he only, at that time, he only went to the house of Israel. Had to show himself as their Messiah before he got put to the cross. 
But there's a turnaround. He's gone to see this woman. This woman's come to him. And he's took her from a place of, look, really, you're a genie, you're a magical genie. If I say the right things, you're going to reel me girl. But he's brought her to a place of faith and trusting in him. And that's a lesson for all of us. Because sometimes we, we think we can just pray and situations will be handled right, but sometimes God's got to deal work with me and you in it. He's got to bring us to that point of, point of faith. Because Joseph preached it the other week. He said, we can, we've got so much, when anyone else has got a problem, we've got so much faith, we believe the Lord can do it. But when it comes to ourselves, we don't believe he can. It's too difficult for the Lord, but it's not. If he could speak the world into being in six days and breathe life into Adam and raise, raise himself from the dead, give you eternal life. In fact, the Bible says he holds the, the very everything in his hands, the reason why the world goes round, ain't such a difficult thing for him to do at all. But we've got to be prepared for him to do work in me and you. That's where we've got to be prepared with. And I'm not taking this lightly because how would this woman feel? She's called to him, said, look, called him all these titles and he's ignored her. Imagine the stories, what she's heard. Jeez, she's come from, look, they come from Israel, news has travelled. He's, he's eating people that's demon possessed. There's people getting raised from the dead. They're bringing sick to him, they're getting healed. And, she, and look, she's run to him with all this hope. Well, if he's done that, he's going to heal my child. And he ignores her. Imagine how the woman felt inside. She'd have been crushed, wouldn't she? This is the Jesus that I've heard so much about, and he's not giving me that. What's going on? But she never stopped there, did she? She didn't stop there. If we stopped there because Jesus ain't answered a prayer for us, wherever would we be at? Listen, we don't, the Lord answers prayer all the time. It's either a yes, no, or not yet. That's it. He always don't necessarily answer his prayer. And we've got to be prepared sometimes for the no's. We've got to be prepared for them sometimes because in the Lord we are going to get up. We're going to feel that. But the Lord uses it to draw us to him. And we've got to really come to that point of understanding that this needs is a loving God, but love is building the character of his children. That's what love's doing. Because he's still done the work there, didn't he? She still pushed through and thought, no, I'm not having that. But, all right, Lord, I was wrong with you saying that. Now I'm coming to this point. And then, but you could see what the, the Lord was doing within her heart, within, within her. She would have found it crushing at the start. Then she'd have been humbled, saying, Lord, help me. But then she believed he could do it. And he said, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you desire. Imagine the joy she felt. She started that, crushed. He's ignoring me. But then a daughter was healed at the end of it. Imagine how she felt then. But sometimes the Lord's got to take me and you from a place of, like, place where, look, I can't just do that straight away. I've got to take you all round here before I do it. And you're going to feel this, this, this. And when you read through the Bible... We're not the only ones that feel like it. There's plenty of times we've heard about Elijah, felt forsaken. Our Lord upon the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
The apostle Paul, they all desert. He said they all desert me except one. All these people that like me and love me, they've, they've gone. Listen, we're not the only ones to experience that. But there's a common thing that happened. In all them people of the Bible, there's a common thing that happened. God did a work in every single one of them. And God's going to do a work in me and you. But we just can't have the nice side of Christianity. We can't just all be nice and everything's going lovely and God's, God's blessing us all the time. We have to experience the low points. We have to experience it. And we've got to be prepared and be willing to bow the knee and go, Lord, I don't know why you're doing this, Lord. But what I do know is that you love me and you're doing the work and you're going to carry me through the other side. That's what we've got to be able to get. How many people have fell away from the Lord because we, the other week preached it. They sprung up and when trials and tribulation come, they go. There's no death to them. They've got an understanding of the Lord. That's, that's nothing. That's absolutely nothing. They ain't one man in scripture that had it nice. There no one in scripture had it nice. They chucked Daniel in a lion's den. They took Samson's eyes out. Do you know what I mean? Like Moses. What things he went through. When he took the Jews, he, he had over a million people and they was moaning at him non-stop. People had it hard. But them men and women of the Bible weren't great. It was God that made them great. Amen. And that's what we've got to come to the realisation of. We read and think, even of the past Christians, we think, God, Nehag was great, all these mighty men and women of God. It's only God that makes people like that. There's nothing within them. There's nothing within us that makes us great. It's only Jesus Christ that can make us great. But we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to take the hard times for him to do that work to make you where you want to be in him. It's not just all plain sailing. But listen, at the end, look, she's got her desire. And that very adult was healed from that hour. And that was it. It's simply that. And he just said it. He never went there and healed her. He just said that. It's as you desire. And what a blessing. How, how that girl must have thought. That woman must have thought. You see, he knows, doesn't he? He knows us better than what we know ourselves. He knows what we need. The Bible says, it says that God, did, God gives good gifts to his children. That's what he says. If a child comes and asks for bread... Will he give him a stone? He said, well, he said if, if man will, won't be horrible to the children, how much your heavenly father's going to be nice to you? But he gives good gifts to us. And what, what better gift was that? But I want to encourage us with this. Anytime you're going through something, anything that's happening in what you're praying for, say, Lord, what are you learning me through this? That's what we've got to ask. Not to just to pray to get us out of the situation. Because everything we go through, everything, God's teaching us a lesson in. Everything. Like that's why the Bible says we've got to pray always. Always pray. Because look, he's, building a, he's building me and you. And his likeness. He's building the character for his father's glory. That he presents, the Bible says that he presents his bride without spot nor blemish before the Father. That's where we've got to be at. Praise the Lord. Let's pray.
Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we thank you for the work that you do, Lord, the unseen work that you do in our lives, my God. That Lord, how much sometimes, Lord, we feel so much heartache and pain and crushed, my Lord, and we don't know why we go through things, Lord, sometimes. But what we do know is that you're in control and that you're doing a work within us, Lord. Lord, not because you hate us, my Lord, but because you love us. And you want us to be more like you. And I pray tonight, my brothers and sisters in here, if they're going through things, if they're feeling crushed or low, my Lord, or see no way out of what they're going through, Lord, let them be encouraged tonight that you're doing a work within them. And that, Lord, you know them better than they know themselves, Lord. That you know the end from the beginning. And I pray, Lord, at the end of it, my Lord, they'll turn round and glorify your holy name. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Bread and wine.